In 2017, Andy had a significant stroke. It was a cryptogenic one with no particular reason behind it. You can say he was just unlucky. It was a very traumatic and painful experience. He had to learn how to walk and, and for a long time he has lost ability to do what he loves, to ride his bike. But he didn't give up. Now he describes the stroke as the best thing could ever happen to him. He's wiser, tougher and mentally fitter human than ever. And this is his incredible story. Hi, my name is Leszek Stamhowski and this is Fitness Soap Podcast. Let's chat with Andy. Okay, I think we are live with Andy. Hello, Andy. What's up? Hi, how, hi. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm good, thank you. Uh, so we, how we, how we met? How, how was the? I was probably pastoring you on 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 Facebook, isn't it? Commenting under you. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I put a message out on Facebook um, about what's happened to me, uh-huh. and I think you, I think you were tagged in a post. So we kind of reached out to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and had a had a bit of a chat to see, you know, how 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 to get what's happened to me out there in the public domain and see where it goes. To be honest, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, here here we are. <laughs> and, and there we go. After, after a couple of days, uh, and I, I'm so glad that you 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 said yes to this. You know, I'm, I'm, as I said before, I always like a nice good stories, and especially with people who overcome something with fitness and you know the, yes. the running and 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 other things help them to get through uh the tough times but like before we we will go into what happened to you just explain bef- what happens before who was Andy in 2017 before the accident right so um before before what happened Andy was um uh I would say obsessive cyclist uh-huh. So I, I I started mountain biking when I was, my goodness, 16, 17. And I picked up a minor sponsorship and I was riding for a shop and I raced all over the country on mountain bikes. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of always played on the bike. And then about, I would say, 12, 13 years ago, I, I, I kind of picked up a road bike and thought, oh, I quite fancy getting back into cycling. Um, and became ridiculously obsessed with cycling um, to the point where I founded a cycle club back in 2011 called mm-hmm. Glasgow Green Cycle Club, which is now one of the biggest cycle clubs in Scotland, uh, 100, 180 members, and uh, became quite quite a good cyclist, um, you know, a good club cyclist to the point mm-hmm. where I was probably one of the strongest and fastest riders in the club, and that kind of progressed into time trialing. So I started doing um, 25, 50, and 100-mile time trials. I didn't like the 10s. The 10s were too short and painful. Um, <laughs> and in 2016, I, I was the 10th in Scotland. for You get, you get a, a, like an average speed award. And from mm-hmm. 25s, 50s, and 100s, I think I was 10th in Scotland and with a, like a 26-mile-an-hour average uh, over the competitions I did. And then uh-huh. I started I started doing endurance rides. So I think I ended up doing about 12, 24-hour events on the road and the mountain bike. I won a couple. 
mm-hmm. um, and then started doing big endurance rides, like um, riding from Glasgow to Annick in Northumberland. Okay. Uh, having, a, having a cup of tea with my mother, turning around and coming back, which was... <laughs> Which is quite funny because you've got Glasgow Green Cycle Club across your top and you're sitting in a cafe in Annick, which is 125 miles away, and someone goes, where do you come from? And you go, Glasgow. <laughs> oh, right, you, you, you're going to get the train back. No, we're riding no. back. So that was like, I don't know, 250, 260 miles. So that that's kind of what I did prior to the stroke, and I'd just, just started running mm-hmm. in, in 2016 and... Um, I'd, I'd literally never ran a marathon, never ran a half marathon, but entered an ultra trail marathon, which you do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, walked walked into a shop on a Saturday afternoon and said, I need some trail shoes. And I, I, I got a pair of Salomon Speedcross. And he mm-hmm. said, all right, so these will take three weeks to break in. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm running 29 <laughs> miles tomorrow. And he just burst out laughing. Um, but I, I did it. Totally underestimated it, but I did it. So that's kind of what I was. I just thought... Had the attitude, I'll give it a try, but also put myself under huge pressure to perform prior to the stroke. And what huge was lead? Pressure. And what was what was your driving force for the for all those those rides? Um, this is quite deep. Probably a, a craving for praise, to be honest. Okay. Which I've now realised where um, if somebody said you can't do that, I would be like, yeah, you can. Watch me. Um, <laughs> And I had this attitude. I had this attitude that the more miserable the event, the more I would enjoy it. So I remember doing a twenty-four hour event around Brands Hatch called Revolve, and mm-hmm. it's just round Brands Hatch for twenty-four hours, round and round and round. And it was pouring down a rain from start to. I think it started at three o'clock in the afternoon, and I think the rain finished at like nine o'clock in the morning. Okay. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it because <laughs> it was just miserable. And I don't know where that mindset comes from, but the harder the event and the more miserable the conditions, I seem to thrive in it. I don't know what that's about, but... Oh, well. And then... <laughs> and did you win this event, that one? No, or... no, I, 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 I did an event around Knock Hill Race Circuit in Scotland about mm-hmm. three times. So I won that event as a trio, I then went back and did it as a solo and I won it as a solo. And then I went back again and I came second. There was a real battle between me and the guy that won it. And uh, I knew during the night that I was never going to catch him, but I thought I'll give it a, I'll, I'll give it a get damn good try. So what, um, what, 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 well, sorry, what kind of distances you, you cover in like 24 hours? Cause my, um, my... Not, not as much as you'd think actually, because, um, <laughs> You, you come through the pits on every lap and it's so, so tempting just to pull in and have a rest. Mm-hmm. And I rested I rested too much. So I think I got to about 390 mile, um, which is still a fair distance, but it's a lot. not, not yeah. that much for 24 hours. Um, and then I've, I've done a few mountain bike events. I've done Relentless 24 a few times, which is a 10 mile lap. Mm-hmm. So you just go round and round and round this 10-mile lap up uh, at Fort William for 24 hours. Um, mm-hmm. I've come, I came second as a pair in that one, I think. Um, and second, no, first as a trio, actually. So okay. I've done quite well at that one. Um, but yeah, anything on two wheels I was addicted to, absolutely addicted to. Did you did you do this crazy one up, up north Scotland, the, the Straffa Puffer? 
No, I haven't. No, no. no. That, was, I'm actually not brave. I'm not brave enough for that one. That sounds horrific. Um, <laughs> that's that's yeah. in January, isn't it? And they say that uh, you you pretty much go through a set of brake pads every lap because it's just horrendous conditions. But no, yeah. that I've I, not done that one. I was always looking at this. I remember. Do you know Guy Martin? There was this motorcycles. So he he took part in it and he took the bike and he actually cycled from wherever he stays and he cycled all the way down there. He did the race and he came back on the bike. (laughs) (laughs) It's like crazy, crazy guy. Uh, Anyway, crazy. Yeah, but it's it's what you're saying. It's kind of crazy too, you know. I I've been the the feathers on the bike. I was on two thousand two hundred k two hundred one k, and I had enough for a couple of months. Uh, so yeah, it just takes something something else. And anyway, so you are this super fit person who is addicted to to cycling, and you this is how yeah. how how often would you train? Would you train like a, every day? Oh yeah, so I, I took on a coach at one point. So I would um, I would ride on a Sunday morning about sixty or seventy miles. I would then mm-hmm. go on the turbo trainer probably Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Maybe well, sorry, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. Go out on the road on the Wednesday. Maybe have a day off on the Thursday. Turbo again Friday. Possibly turbo Saturday or a road ride, and then back out for a big ride on Sunday. So. Is that too much? Possibly, possibly. No. Um, Do you know roughly how many hours? Yeah. How many hours roughly oh, per week? Uh, so, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve, thirteen hours, fourteen hours a week, something like that. That's that's a solid. So not, nothing, solid, solid. Yeah, solid, but nothing. I don't think that was ridiculous, but maybe I'm wrong. I've got nothing really to gauge it against. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know if it's a lot or not a lot. So I, I think normal people would say an hour per week is it's a lot, <laughs> but some for right. 15, I don't know, I don't know. Fifteen, fifteen some sounds good. And obviously, you did some like periodization and stuff. So closer to the race, you did more and like yes. as you had the coach. So probably you you done all those. So you are in this person. Yeah, so when, doing... I, when I had the coach, when I had a coach, I phased the training. So um, I would go from. Um, maximum aerobic capacity training into um functional threshold training mm-hmm. um so yeah this was all geared to around towards um time trialing so it you know my speciality was 50s and 100s i really like the big distances mm-hmm. all right so that we know a little bit about you you know, you are fit you are kind of on the top of your game and then and then what's happened that's that's what's <laughs> So I had a I had a personal trainer as well that I used to train once a week and and I remember it vividly. So the night before what happened, I'd done a really really hard personal training session, and I was always of the attitude that I would rather collapse than not do my session, and it was just really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I thought nothing of it, and then um, on February the. 7th, February the 9th, sorry, February the 9th, 2017, I was sitting right here because I work from home uh-huh. and uh, I was on a conference call at quarter to five in the afternoon and uh, with no no signs, no warnings, absolutely nothing, just instantly it was as if someone lit a red hot blowtorch at the back of my head and pressed every pin in the world into my head Oof. and I was like... My my God, what's that? But I still had my senses about me. 
Uh-huh. So I started go I st- and I started feeling a bit a bit dizzy and leaning to the left. Mm-hmm. So I Googled dizzy dizziness and leaning to the left and you know, good old Google. I self-analyzed as peripheral vertigo. So I thought, right, okay. peripheral vertigo, I've got an ear infection because I had an earpiece in. So I thought, right, okay, um paracetamol. I'll go downstairs and get some paracetamol. So okay. I stood up and I was kind of holding onto my desk and went downstairs and by the time I turned around from the kitchen to the bottom of the stairs I couldn't walk oh. so I was thinking right what, what, what's going on here so I kind of crawled up the stairs still with my earpiece in still on the call I put myself on mute for mm-hmm. the rude to dial off the call um, got to the top of the stairs and uh, didn't know what the hell was happening but started to feel sick dizzy lethargic um, took my earpiece out and went and lay on the bed and rang my wife and I said, Nick, I, I, I don't feel very well. And she went, um, you've trained too hard. You know, you're doing too much. Just lie down. I'll be back at six o'clock. I'm going to my, I'm going to my fitness class. Mm-hmm. And then I think, I think I drifted off to sleep for a while, still not knowing what was going on, but feeling horrendously sick and confused and quite scared at that point. And then my wife came back, took one look at me and was like, oh, my Oof. God. Oh. We need to get some help. Um, uh-huh. She didn't. She didn't know what had happened, but she'd seen the FAST acronym, the FAST, on Facebook. So she went, "Right, mm-hmm. okay, sit up. Can can you say chicken soup?" So I kind of went, oh, "Chicken soup." I, I couldn't really speak. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Right, hold your arms up." And I was like, a bit like this. So she rang one 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 because I didn't want her to ring nine nine nine. I didn't want to be a I didn't really want to trouble anybody. <laughs> um, and they said, right, we need, we need to get an ambulance there now. So the next thing I remember was I was hooked up to everything and they said, um, well, your results aren't the worst, but they're not the best. And then by that point, I, I couldn't walk. So I was, there was a guy on each side of me and I was kind of hanging on to them and they were dragging me out the house because my legs wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the ambulance, I'm saying we might have a stroke victim coming in. And then I was, I was just in a daze and I got into the A&E department and literally I just saw nine faces above me and they started working on me. Um, and they, they couldn't, they couldn't work out what it was. They thought it was chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I was put on morphine. I was put on all sorts Um and they said, right, we're going to keep him in. And I was put in the critical illness unit. And then I just started. I've never had sickness like it. Um, just horrendous sickness. And I think that must have been just, I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of was in a daze all night. And then in the morning, they started the tests. And I had a, a lumbar puncture where they put a big needle into the bottom of your spine and draw off fluid, which is horrific. <laughs> Um, so then after that, they said, right, you need to lie still and drink coffee. And I felt like going, well, I'm not going to really do anything else, am I? You just put a needle in my spine. <laughs> um, then I off to MRI, still couldn't work out what it was. And then later on that day, they sent me for a CT scan. Mm-hmm. And they sent me back to the critical illness unit. And this little junior doctor walked in and they went, um, Mr. Dobinson. I went, yeah, yeah. I went, right, okay. So you've had a stroke. And okay. I was like, <laughs> what? What? I said, right, do me a favor, get my wife here right now. Um, and that was it. I was I was transferred up to the stroke ward, um, couldn't walk, 
couldn't really do anything. And that was me in hospital for um, just over a week. And uh, that's kind of where the story starts. How, how old you were at this, at this point? I was, I was 42, 42. 42. Yeah, so it was, it was called a cryptogenic stroke, which basically means they, there's no reason for it. They don't know why it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a it was a blood clot, not a bleed. And the, the way they described it was a significant stroke the size of a plum that had gone up the back of my skull and spread across the back of my skull. So it affected both sides of my body. Um, oh. But yeah, just no reason for it whatsoever. Nothing okay, and they, Don't know why and, it happened. Right, and, and you never, never... Think that, so there is no way to figure out, like... So do you think something on the training and, and or, or nothing? It's just it just happens to some people. Um I, I think that it was just bad luck. My wife thinks mm-hmm. that it was might have been fed by the amount of training I was doing. It might have been I was doing too much. I was pretty obsessed with it. To mm-hmm. the point where if, if we were invited to go out on a Saturday night, I would say, oh, we can't go out. I've got a bike ride to do in the morning. So it's kind of driving what I was doing. And I was just a mid-pack bike rider. I wasn't anything special. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could have led to it because I didn't. I was a very, very light drinker. I mean, I would drink maybe once or twice a year. I don't okay. drink at all now. I've gone teetotal. Never smoked. So, I don't know, just... I, I, I'm, will it happen again? Possibly. It's okay. I'm more likely. I'm, I'm more likely not to have one than have one. But it's just one of those things. You've got to come to terms with that. I think. Right. Right. So, going back to you are in your bed. You are weak mm. in the hospital. What you're thinking? Did, did they give you any prediction how long it's going to take for you to recover? Because you probably want to go on your bike again. Yeah, so they, they didn't give me any prediction. You know, I was I was being carried to the toilet. I was I was made to sit down and go to the loo, and I was thought, "This is it. My life's done. My life's over." Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you're in a you're in a stroke ward, surrounded by stroke patients, and some of them are horrifically worse than me. Um, but I was the youngest in there, and um, I, I was I was desperately sad and confused, but then you, you kind of have this thought where, okay, you, you've got two options here, Andy, and I was sitting there talking to myself um, in between the horrific headaches. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, I can't explain the headaches because I, I kept getting scans all weekend about headaches and, you know, taking blood and it was just horrible and you think i've got two choices here you can either feel sorry for yourself and let it consume you and define you or you can just get on with it so i thought right i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it my best shot to get on with it and i made Mm -hmm. that decision really really quite early having no idea what getting on with it would mean and how hard that would be um But, But yeah, it was – I was scared. I was really scared. But probably this was the only decision you can take, isn't it? Uh, The other other route leads to – yeah, to the bad place. So – Yeah, yeah, but it's – if if I'd known – if I'd known then what I know now, Mm -hmm. 
what, what am I trying to say? Um, I had no idea how hard the recovery was going to be. No idea. It's as a competitor, you go to some quite dark places. So if you're doing a 24 hour race or a run, mm-hmm. you know, you visit some pretty dark places. Those dark places are like bright, sunny days compared to the darkness of a stroke. Oh. And it's, it's horrific. It, I, mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it. I can, I'm co- I've come to terms with it now, but if I think back, it puts a smirk on my face because it was so horrible. It was, okay. oh, nah, horrible. Is, is, there, is there anyone there at this moment to kind of trying to explain you this? And then trying to show you the route, or it was more down to you, like trying to do everything which possible to get you back to fitness. Uh, well, obviously, my wife was there. It was my absolute rock. Um, without her, I would be a I would be a mess without my wife. But one of the consultants, luckily, was in my cycle club, mm-hmm. so he came and sat by he came and sat by my bed and tried to explain that you know you can recover. Um, you know, you, you are going to be a different person. This is what you could do to help, which is all quite, you, you kind of sit there thinking, yeah, yeah, you've got no idea. It's not happened to you. Um, mm-hmm. But you think, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try because I, I don't want to be that guy that A, is a, is a burden on my wife, um, you know, is the guy that can't do anything, is the guy that can't walk, and I kind of had a goal where I wanted to be. And what, what, what was it? Ride, I just wanted to ride, I wanted to ride a bike. Uh-huh. I wanted to run. I wanted to just be normal. But, you know, the, the, the facts are I'm brain damaged. I've got a brain injury, right? I'm on tablets forever. You know, the first thing I do in the morning is take tablets. The last thing I do at night is take tablets. But you know what? I'm fine with that now. Is it a constant reminder? Absolutely. But it's better than the alternative. But I knew that all these changes that are going to come in my life, they're going to be fine because it's going to Mm -hmm. allow me to stand tall beside my wife, ride my bike, run, walk the dog, everything. Just, Mm -hmm. yeah. There is no alternative as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. And and how long did you take... To, to get to where you are now, you know that the moment you start feeling I'm, I'm done with I'm done with it. That's it. That's me, hundred percent. Um, so I had my stroke in February 2017, and I would say the reason why I'm sitting here now in 2020 November is I'm I'm only okay talking about it now. Okay. Men- so men- mentally, it's taken me this long to go. Do you know what? I- I'm okay talking about this because. I can now hand on heart say it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a better human being for having a stroke. Physically, it's a really weird one. So another quite short story. So a week after I got home, I took a phone call from my mother to say that um, my dad had acute myeloid leukemia and he was going to die. Mm-hmm. So as well as having a stroke, I'm thinking, right, okay, my dad's going to die. So I don't know what my body and mind did, but within eight weeks, I was driving a car. Now, I possibly shouldn't have driven a car, but that allowed me to drive up and down to my mum and dad's house at the time to be with my dad. And on May the 25th, he passed away and I was by his side. I was holding his hand. 
Um, and I thought, right, do you know what? I'm going to carry his coffin. And the day before his funeral, I went for a run and I took a turn and I thought I was having another stroke. Oof. So I, was, I ran about two miles. And by the time I got back to my mum's house, I was, I was limping and I was holding onto the fence. I thought, oh my God, oh my God, it's happening again. But it didn't. But I was in a place on the next day to carry my dad's coffin, which I did, you know. And again, mm-hmm. just that, that's a whole different conversation, that. Yeah. But I then broke down. So phase two, phase two recovery started. I'm labeling it that. So somehow I was physically able to support my mom and my dad. And, um, but then on June, when my dad was buried, it's as if my body and my mind said, right, I've given you a chance. I'm doing you in again. And I remember ringing a counsellor and crying and saying, I need help. So that's when I started uh, counselling, physiotherapy, hydrotherapy, antidepressant tablets, which I had a real thing against. I wouldn't take them until my wife called them anti-anxiety tablets. I was like, right, Mm -hmm. okay, I'll take those. (laughs) I won't take depression tablets. (laughs) And that's when I would say I've had my darkest, darkest times. It's as if I'll let you recover to some degree, deal with your dad, then I'm going to really make you go back to square one. And it was... Hours and hours and hours of recuperation and, and rehab. I, I'm sorry to hear for, about your dad. Uh, I didn't didn't know. I, uh, just, but it, it looks like you had the goal at this at this eight weeks, and and that's where you really, yeah, you used this goal to get yourself a little bit better. But after there was no one to to support, it was just down on you. Uh, yeah. So. so, so the- yeah, sorry to interrupt. It's 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 not a slight on the NHS, but when you when you first come out of hospital as a stroke survivor, the mm-hmm. support's quite intense. So I, I remember getting home on the Friday, and in between just sleeping all the time, I remember going straight down into the spare bedroom, and doing my balance exercises and throwing a tennis ball between two hands, and I did that every day, mm-hmm. every single day, because I needed to be okay. I wanted to be okay. But then the not I'm not saying the support stops, it kind of just dissipates a little bit and you get you kind of get lost in the system, which is no fault of anybody's. And then after what happened to my dad, um, yeah, it was as if my body went, I, I, I can't cope with this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember going way, way back and having to do all the exercises again because my body just shut down and my mind did as well. I was just, I was kind of... I don't know where I was actually. I was kind of lost. Did you? Did you? You probably hadn't had anything in your mind at this point. Was something you've been you've been thinking about that you want to start doing, or you know that that was the was the your end of the race, and then after that, did you have anything? Um. No, I see. When I fir- I think when I first came out, I, I was quite focused on right. I want to get better to ride my bike and be with mm-hmm. my dad and run. When I kind of took the second turn and, and kind of started this phase two rehab, my focus was I, I just want to feel normal and I just want to be well. And mm-hmm. whatever kind of comes on the back of that will happen. Um, and as I got better and, and I started feeling um, a little bit, stronger in myself i started thinking right okay what 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 can i do 
could, could I pin a number on again and go for a run? Could I ride mm-hmm. my bike again? But with a completely different mindset. So when I go and do an event now, from where I was, it's totally different. Totally different. Okay. So so what's the difference? That's <laughs> <laughs> so if I if I look at pre-stroke Andy, um I would um go out to to prove I could do it for other people. So if someone mm. said to me, You'll never ride your bike for 24 hours. I'll prove to you that I can. And, mm-hmm. you know, desperately seeking praise and um, trying my best to hit a power number or a speed or an average this or an average that. Where now, I really don't care if I'm last. I genuinely, genuinely don't care if I'm last. A great example is in September, I did the Lap Ultra Trail Marathon, which is 47 miles. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you run around Lake Windermere. Oh, wow. And uh, I thought, yeah, I'll do it in 12. 12 hours came and went. Might do it in 12 and a half. Came and went. 13? No, nah, that came and went. Came in just before 14 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because awesome. I do, do it for the journey, the adventure, the experience, the photographs. Totally different mindset now. And, and what what feels better? What feels better? The Andy before who was driving for goals or, or Andy now? Now. Absolutely now. now. And so somebody said to me, you're still doing these events to prove you can do them. I kind mm-hmm. of am, yeah. Uh-huh. But more to prove to myself. You know, it's, it's quite funny as a stroke survivor, you, you kind of sometimes chase self-worth because you think in my darkest time, I'm thinking, oh, I, I'm, I'm brain damaged, I'm... I'm no use to anybody. And, you know, during the lap, I had a really dark spell because I've, I've got a good guy and a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I always have and I always will. And that bad guy got a real voice in the lap going, you're never going to finish this. And it took me a long time to talk that bad guy down. Um, but, you know, do I, do I want to prove anything? Only to myself now. Um mm-hmm. Which, which is, it's kind of a little mental battle, but um, I don't really have to prove anything to anybody, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I was, I'm thinking now, uh, and this might be jumping too far ahead, but don't you think that this stroke and what you went through make you a stronger athlete to, in some extent, especially oh. with this? If, without you know a that, shadow of a doubt. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, because I, I, I say to myself, if I can get through a stroke, I can I can get through anything. Do you know? Is- I was I was it was mile 27, 28 at the lap, mm-hmm. and I had a real wobble. And I was like, all I'm doing is running around the lake. Get a grip. Just mm-hmm. put one foot in front of the other. You'll finish. There's no doubt you'll finish. Have a Mars bot, have a Snickers, have a drink, you'll be fine. And you think, I've got over a stroke. All you're doing is going for a run. Get a grip. Uh, and I know that sounds really simple, right? And it's not, it's no, it's sometimes not as simple as that. And I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I've, as strokes go, I've had a really good one. I'm very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. Can I run? Yes. Can I walk? Yes. Can I operate? Yes. I'm kind of okay. Um, but yes, it makes you a much stronger um, human being, I would say. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's what we I'm always trying to explain people. You know why when they're asking me why we do endurance training or why we train, and I say you have to 
get these hard moments that other things will become easier in life. You know, and we're talking about lifting kettlebells for 12, uh, 20 minutes. For you, stroke is on completely different level, but it's kind of the same <laughs> idea, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it, it kind of, it, it just puts things in perspective. Um, mm-hmm. You do things for a different reason. Um, and you kind of appreciate things a lot more. So the one ultra marathon I did previous to my stroke, again, I was probably, oh, hang on, sorry. That's okay. I was probably, chase, I was probably chasing um, times and you know, I've got to finish it in this certain amount of time. But now I kind of notice, I'm, I'm more, this sounds quite weird, I'm kind of in the moment more now mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I stop for the views and I stop, I stop for the experience. It's, it, yeah, I enjoy what I do now so much more because it's for a, a more wholesome reason, I think. Uh-huh. So do you think is anything you learn after the stroke, you would tell the Andy before stroke, what you, what you would tell yourself? Um, don't take any notice of what anyone thinks about you, says about you, expects of you do it for yourself do it for yourself and um failure is okay Mm -hmm. it really is don't be frightened don't be frightened to take on a challenge that you might not complete it's fine Mm -hmm. not to complete it don't be frightened to fail um and just kind of believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, what's the point, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 the, 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 the one thing I try and live by now is be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself. Remove mm-hmm. people, remove things that cause you any kind of stress and grief. You don't need that. Just get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Give them a chance. But if they mess that chance up, get rid of it. And remove situations and things that just cause you headaches. Just... It's not worth it. No worth it. I, I think this it. is this is the, the best philosophy ever, you know? Living this this way you said it's just that's it. That's how you should be doing this. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me now. Um you are now running and why so why you do you still cycle or you, you just just run at this I point? do, yeah, yeah. So I, I still I still go out with the club now and again. I don't cycle as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I still, I still cycle. Um, I'm still, you know, if I go out with a club, I'm doing 50, 60 miles, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, you know, my, my passion is my running at the minute. So okay. if I had a choice, I, I would run. Um, but I'll st- I still, I'm still the captain and founder of the club. So I still run that. I, I love the administrative side of it. Um, I'm passionate about providing the best possible club to the members, but, um, activity-wise, I, I just can't look past running. I love my running. Love That's it. good. And and did you did you reach a little bit forward to to some charities which kind of helping people like you? You know, because you did it kind of all yourself, uh, being strong as an athlete and and having all this experience before. But I'm sure there are people who are like, would it need a little bit of of you and telling them that it's going to be okay. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be okay. Are, are there, are there um, things like that in place? There, there are now. Yeah. So I've, mm-hmm. I've reached out. To, so, so rewind. 
not long after my stroke, I, I, mm-hmm. I reached out to some organisations and I went to some support groups and I had I had to leave. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't okay. mentally cope with, this sounds really horrible, I couldn't cope with being surrounded by other stroke survivors. I didn't have it in me to mm-hmm. give anything. So I kind of locked myself away for a while, but now I've reached out to some organisations because I'd like to think that... Um, if someone listened to what I had to say, it would help them. Um, I've raised a bit of money for some charities. So mm-hmm. um, actually, the, the the first run I did after my stroke was March of 2018. And it was the Stroke Association Resolution 10K at Glasgow Green. And, um, and my friend came up from Newcastle and we ran it together. Um, I did it in 58 minutes, which was quite good. It's sub hour for a, for a 10K. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that was that was my first event. I've done it again, and I managed to get a forty-six minutes, which is quite good. Um, so yeah, I've raised a bit of money for charity, uh-huh. um, and I've now I've now reached out to like Chest Heart and Stroke and Stroke Association because I'm trying to think if if I could have listened to a story back in 2017 that I'm trying to tell, it might have given me a bit more focus and might have helped me to think. Do you know what? There is life after stroke. Because that's the big thing about you. You think I'm done. I'm finished. There's no. There's no point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm. 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 I'm hoping it's going to help. I'm hoping. I, 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 I'm. I'm sure. You know. Remember when we when we talked a couple of days ago uh, on the phone and saying that I'm always thinking about this one person I can help. And you know, if you if you reach yes. to this one person, maybe someone is watching now, and so, maybe someone is like, "Damn, he did it. So why not me?" And then yeah. that's. That's that's the most important thing. Well, I tell you what's been nice. I've 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 kind of I've created another Instagram page, and some of the comments, and I'm being really open because I've got no secrets about my stroke. If you ask me a question, I'll tell you the good, bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've had some really really quite positive comments, and I'm I'm kind of annoyed it's taken me this long to to open up about it because some of the comments you get are really they're just lovely. They're really uh-huh. nice, and and people are going, oh my goodness, this 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 is great to read, um, but I'm not. It's just it's just leaf. It's just what happened. So that's um, that's your ha- that's your handle, isn't it? Under stroke of yeah, luck. yeah, brilliant. Yeah, there, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So if someone someone is watching and and wants to see your Instagram, this is this is Andy's handle. Yeah, just go ahead and and say it. Yeah, yeah I, under I, I, stroke I, of luck, and I'm I'm trying I'm trying to put on like parts of my recovery and you know the, the the really quite crappy bits as well but obviously interspersed with what is mostly really good yeah i, but, I see the i see your picture with a lot of things connected to your chest on the bed doesn't look nice oh yeah 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 so oh. so that was a that was a stress what's called a stress test that was about um eight weeks after my stroke and mm-hmm. I put myself under huge pressure that day because you've got to go into hospital and walk on a treadmill to check your blood pressure and my blood pressure went to over 200 that day and I was sent home because I, I was like oh my god I need to pass this test uh-huh it doesn't work like that I went I went back and I I, I I did a little bit better but yeah that that was that was quite a stressful day for me that day <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. So, so apart from like helping people and, and sharing your stories, is there anything for you like you are thinking now to do? Like, I know oh, you. Yes. 
yeah, tell me, tell me about yes. this because that, that's Prob- interesting. Probably, I- probably too much, and I haven't actually told my wife yet, and she'll kill me when she finds out what I've got in the diary. Um, <laughs> I, I'm but look, I've got. Go. Should I I've stop got, the? I've got, a, I've got a few. Should they stop the, part of the? Should they stop the the broadcast no, for a second? <laughs> okay, no, go no, ahead. No, no. Um, I've got a, I've got a, there's a little half marathon in the Cheviots in January called the Winter Wipeout. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go down and do that, um, which is basically you, you literally run up to the top of Hedgehope and back through bogs and rivers. It just, it sounds horrific, but it sounds great. Uh-huh. Um, there's the Glenfest half trail marathon, which I do with a group of pals from a running club in February. Oh, this is this is this one is lovely, right? I've done it a couple of years ago. It's fun. Have you done this before? Yeah, yeah. I've done I've done it twice. It's great. I'm I'm it's actually. Lovely. I was supposed to go this year. I'm going to Chamonix for a week, trail running mm-hmm. in June, if if we're allowed to. Um, I was supposed to go this year and obviously put it off. I've then got um my deferred entry for the Lakeland Trails 55, which I did in 2019. <laughs> Can I stop you for a second? It's, it's just the technical. If you touch it, when you're touching yourself in there, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the sound goes goes off. So, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, so Lakeland Trail's 55, which isn't 55 kilometers for anybody who wants to do it. It's about 60. So don't be fooled by them saying it's 55 <laughs> kilometers. I remember getting to 55 kilometers and I said to a marshal, I said, is the, is the, is the finish nearby? And he started laughing going, you've never done this event before, have you? <laughs> um so I've got that, and then I would love to think I could mm-hmm. do lakes in a day in October, which is from the top of the lakes to the bottom, and it's fifty mile. So oh wow, I've, I would I would hope I could do that one. But I've literally I've just got a message. I'm looking now from a pal I've known for twenty years. Going, uh-huh. do you fancy doing the West Highland Way Challenge race? <laughs> no, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's 90, 96 miles, 96 miles, but you've got 35 hours. If I tell my wife I'm going to do that, she'll divorce me. She'll divorce me instantly. So I, tell you, I, I tell you something. I think she divorced you if you don't do this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she, I'd, love, I'd love to do that. Love to do that. Yeah, so, just, you know, keep training. Uh, enjoy yourself. And I I'm, I'm hope to... F- meet you sometimes on the trail you know it's 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 a bugger that we cannot meet in person now i know, uh, I know, I know but I know. It, it will come it will come uh at some point we'll be able to to do it like to meet because it, it was lovely chat yeah, I, I, hope I, so. I really enjoyed it i really like the story and it's like I, I know it's 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 about stroke but i think there's a lot of people who can find this as a nice way of you know whatever dark place you are you can always see the light. You should be able to see the light on the other side. And I cannot see anything harder than what you described. Uh, so everything else should should feel easier. Yeah, do you know, do you know what? It's, it's, you know, I'm sitting here talking about doing 30, 40, 50 mile runs, right? Which, which mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's quite extreme. But if you strip it right back, any stroke survivor, whether you want to walk a mile 10 mile 20 mile that's your personal goal right mm-hmm. and the all that i i think now that all is important as any 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 goal so whether you want to walk to your local shop and back that could be huge for a stroke survivor right i remember when i did it myself i walked to greg's and i bought a bottle of juice <laughs> and I, it was like all my christmases had come at once 
I actually filmed, I filmed my feet because I was like, this is huge, absolutely oh, wow. huge. I was like, I was like walking like a grown up to the shops by myself. So, you know, although I'm talking about doing these big races, which is, is really personal to me, I think what I'm trying to get across is whatever, whatever dark place you're in and whatever your goal is, you, you, you can get there if you've got the right mindset. And sometimes that mindset gets really quite cloudy and really quite dark. But you've kind of got to trust the process. I'm big into trusting the process. Don't fight it. Kind of roll with it because you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I could sit here and go, oh, I feel sorry for myself. I've had a stroke. I can't change it. I can't do a damn thing about it. So just kind of roll with it and see where it goes. Don't. A friend said to me, Years ago, he went, don't sweat the small stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, dead, it's dead easy to say that, right? And sometimes um, I'm the most anxious person in the world at times. But if you just stop and think, right, what am I getting, what am I getting concerned about here? Because I can't change it. But what you can change is, is the kind of path that you're going on. You can't do anything about what's happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of works for me. It's, it's a very, very stoic way of thinking. You know, like I'm, like like that. That's how you do it. You cannot look at the. You only change things you can actually uh, change. You shouldn't. And, and yeah. people have been talking about this forever. But for some reason, sometimes we're all forgetting about this, and we're trying to get angry at others because they're doing something to us. And then it's not really like can't this. Ch- can't change it. There's far right. more important things to invest your time and effort into than trying to change what's happened. Can't do anything about it. Right, Andy. Uh, I think uh, it's us. Well done. Good job. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, how was it for you? Because yeah, did, good. Did you... Yeah, it's it's nice. It's it's good to talk about it. It's quite cathartic, and it's uh-huh. it's, it's nice just to chat and say, yeah, yeah, this is what happened. Just and you know, things. and I think you've you've got great personality. You know, it's you coming coming very honest, and it's 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 superb. It's superb. It's it feels, you. and you know, you're not, and you're not trying to put any like bright light on this or make your, yourself a star. You're just saying as it is, and and I think I think people need to hear that, and it's fantastic. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank, thanks very much, Lazar. It's been really good talking to you. Spot do you do you train today? Do you, do you have a training today or? Well, no, because I've I've actually tweaked my back, which is frustrating. Oh. So I've come off a hip injury. I've come off a hip injury. Then I rolled my ankle. And then on Sunday, I was doing some deadlifts and I've tweaked my back. So it's just one thing after another. Oh. So I'm probably going to give myself, I'm going to try and give myself some days off. <laughs> I'm seeing a physio on Monday, but uh-huh. my back's just really bad. Really bad. But That's, it's, it's old age, old age. So, so what, what do you do for training? Uh, sorry, it's like, it's, this is what I actually do. I kind of, I do strength training for, for running and stuff. So, so I, I really I want do... to... I do a, a structured session on the treadmill on a Tuesday where I do mm-hmm. like um, either tempo or efforts or um, sprint training. Okay. Then normally I would do just a, a easy six mile trail run on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Thursday off, very short trail run Friday or nothing. But then Saturday would be a big 20-miler, like a 20-mile trail run or a 25. If I had it in me, I would do some weights on a Sunday or a Monday. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the week. I try. I always try. I've, I've, I suffer from. Uh, I've, I've neglected strength training for too long, so I need to strengthen my glutes and my back. So I'm trying to do strength training once a week, um, but then try and run three times a week, at least three times a week. So because uh, my back and my ankles are a bit done in at the minute, I'm doing a bit more on the. I'm, I'm back on the turbo trainer. Okay. Um, which is quite nice because I've I've realised I'm still not a bad bike rider. So <laughs> I'm, put, I'm putting out similar power that I did when I was training for TTs, which is quite which is oh, quite wow. good. Oh wow! Oh uh, yeah. wow! In, in in terms of this, uh, I will send you the link. Uh, I don't know if you if you if you want to do this. You are my guest. Pop into the club. Uh, we do a lot of things online at this moment. Uh, there's a two sessions huh? just just for the runners. So this is Monday and, and Wednesday. So if you want, come in and see, see what we do here. Uh, so it's going to be... Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah we'll see. I, I, I think it will be a little bit different from what you do. But it's... You know, I, I don't like to hear when, when people getting injured when they run. That's the... That's, that's not nice. <laughs> it's very annoying. <laughs> yeah. Very but, annoying. <laughs> and, and as you said, I think the strength training will help you a lot. I, and I would, I would generally yeah. say, do this twice a week. With this mileage you do... Right, okay. One t- just do this at least twice a week and maybe not the massive session a little right. bit shorter but twice it's just yeah because you need right, okay. to have a balance okay. you know yeah so yeah so it's okay yeah because I, I was doing i was doing one session of 60 i was thinking about doing a couple of sessions of say 20 minutes i think it a would quick intense weight session yeah I think it would be much better uh, in this way. So, you know, okay. instead of yeah, do three times 20 minutes instead of one big one. Uh, right. And then, so you, your, body, okay. your, bo- your body can recover much, much better. Anyway, uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to finish as well because the light will go down and I need to swim today as well. Do you swim? Oh, that's, that's a question. Right, okay. <laughs> are, you, are you a swimmer? Right, well, listen, thank, thank, you, thank you very much, Liza. This has been really good. I really appreciate it. Spot on. Me too. Thank you very much. And... That's it. See you. See you soon at some point. And yeah, we'll speak soon. Keep it. Let's keep. Let's keep in touch and see what we can take it. That's brilliant. All right. Take care. Right. So. See you later. Bye bye. Bye.